0: what it do golf fans welcome back to the turned ours golf podcast this is liam alongside me is jack jack we had a great week in golf uh it was the amex let's get the elephant out of the room nick dunlap the amateur 30 years i mean that's so impressive
1: i don't want to i don't i try not to swear nick bleep and dunlap is the only (laughs) note in my doc from last week good on the kid
0: yeah it was uh it was a crazy crazy tournament um there's a probably a ninety nine point nine percent chance likelihood you had no clue who Nick Dunlap was prior to the start of last week, unless you listen to the pod or uh, you know from the USM. He US is a ambateurs. US
1: Junior AM and a USM champion. Yeah, that's yeah. If you're but, in the golf community, you know
0: of him. Even but- then, even then, it was still probably fifty fifty. But especially all the casuals out there, nobody, nobody was getting behind Nick Dunlap last week, but the turn dogs were. Um, all right, so so we'll we'll get into some of the Nick Dunlap stuff in a little bit here. But as far as the tournament as a whole, was there anything in particular that really stood out to you otherwise?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things outside. I just have I have one Nick Dunlap comment before we get into it. So this okay. is a Jason Sobel. He's a golf reporter. And he said, if you took $1, just one singular dollar, put it on Chris Kirk to win the Sony, took your winnings, rolled it over to Grayson Murray, took that winning and put it on Nick Dunlap to win you would be up
0: twenty-eight million dollars. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. Um, ne- needless to say, I am going to pre- expect we are going to get a few uh, favorites to probably win here in the coming weeks. I uh, I don't I don't expect this to be another th- uh, plus. Th- Thirty thousand winner, like there was last week with with Nick Dunlap. By any yeah, means, yeah, Dunlap on some books was up to four hundred
1: and fifty to one to win, which is crazy. Averaged out at around three fifty.
0: Yeah, I I uh, maybe three fifty was the number. I I thought I remember looking and seeing three hundred. It was as low as three hundred. That's what. Okay. I, yeah. So maybe that's where I saw the three hundred at then. Um, I just um, looked in the wrong books, but it's crazy.
1: But outside of Nick Dunlap, I mean, there was some there was good. Justin Thomas looked yep. incredible. Xander Schauffele once again proved he's the most consistent player Tita green on tour. Um Scotty Scheffler looked good. I think everybody everybody I saw in the community was like, "Ah, bad week by Scotty Scheffler." That dude finished 17th place at 21 under. That's 5 and a quarter shots under par round. You can't judge a 17th place finish like that. That's not fair. He looked awesome. Uh Patrick Cantlay, what the heck happened? He disappeared <sighs> on Sunday. That was just torturous. That was just awful. Min Woo Lee. He is a killer. Now, let me oh, say yeah. one thing about him. He made about a dumb mistake a day that snowballed into do bigger scores and he should have allowed. If he can avoid those dumb mistakes, he will win on the PGA tour this year. Um, Rio Hisasuna. I know we've talked about him. He's kind of my guy to start the year in the Japanese swing. And then we kind of steamroll them on the Hawaii side. By the end of 2024, I think he's going to break into the top 50 of the OWGR, just with all the points and racking up. Um, Eric Cole, quite superstar. He is continuing to break through. He's kind of like Patrick Cantlay and Brian Harmon. He's a name now. He's not going to be a superstar and pull in Poland, millions of dollars, but he's a name. Um, shout out Will Zalatoris. He looked really good. Finally, was able to get to 18 under, which is incredible. Yeah. This is not the week that I saw for him, so good for him. Um, and then looking forward... Anybody who finished at around minus 10 or you'd right around there and miss the cut. I'm not really going to judge them for missing a cut because shooting 67, 67 on 99, 98% of fields is going to make you a cut. And then you have two more days to prove yourself, obviously in this case a day, but um, I just, I don't really think it's anything to judge at to be 10 under. Um, and then only eight players did not finish under par. Um, two players shot even, Five players shot over par, and one was a withdrawal. Who finished at minus one, so it was an amazing round of
0: golf. If you like scores, yeah. Weather conditions were really perfect for people to go low. I think Kisner was one of the ones that finished above par, uh, which is unfortunate because obviously Kisner is uh, one of the the more the more likable players on tour. Maybe that's the best way to describe. It. I was going to say fan, say this about Kisner, fan favorite. If Kiz, but yeah was as
1: popular as he was five years ago in today's YouTube, social media era, he would be
0: twice as popular. might be a hot take, but... I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's the right call. Um, I agree with you. I'm surprised at the amount of Scotty Scheffler slander, but I also a little bit understand it because normally most weeks he's in contention with an opportunity to win, at least finish top five. I felt like this week he kind of backdoored into the T-17, which is still fine. You're still okay with it. But you were really kind of hopeful for something greater. Um, And most of the week he was sitting in the realm of like T-40-ish. I think he made the cut only by like one or two shots. Um, He wasn't exactly, you know, firing on all cylinders to start the week. So that's something to keep in mind there. Um, I just think the slander to finish 17th at 2100. I know what
1: you're saying. I completely agree that sitting at 40th place is the favorite and OWGR one is not a great look. Yeah. But the fact that he's still grinding out and getting you a top 20 is still awesome. Granted, his odds to be top 20 are like minus 300, but still, it's still
0: incredible. Yeah, I think the expectations at this point for Scotty Scheffler are Need just so high yeah. that I think people are like, 17th place, man, he sucks. Like, he should be winning more. Meanwhile, he's been like top 20, I think, what, 16 of the last 23 weeks or some crazy Something stat crazy. like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's a ridiculous stat. Um, but again, I, think we I
1: got spoiled by him at last year's right around now where we said he's finished top 12 for like 12 consecutive weeks. <laughs> so we're getting yeah, 17th is an off day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to mention Sam Burns cause he had a chance to win up until basically what 16, 17, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Um, we we commented last week on the podcast that he was either gonna finish first or last. Turns out we almost had it on the first, uh, but he ended up you know shooting what four over the last two holes. He um uh, if you follow
1: us on Twitter, I tweeted out in a span of it was 22 minutes he lost 1.2 million in prize money in 22 minutes,
0: which is crazy. Yeah, that's an abs- that's an absurd number. Um, so yeah, Sam Burns. That's a little unfortunate for him. Uh, big Christian Bezweeten out, You know, second place for him. I mean, again, not you know, you want a winner, but if you're Bez, th- those are the kind of weeks that 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 Bez will really succeed on. When it turns into that quote-unquote putting fest, that's that's where you want him. So hopefully you we're able to tag along with him a little bit. But yeah, there were there were some great young players that really kind of came out this week. Not just Nick Dunlap. Um, do you want to get into DraftKings and Fanduel lineups, or do you kind of want to go through the breakdown of of what Nick Dunlap is looking at in the next, I don't know, seven days in terms of in terms of overview?
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about Nick Dunlap, just because it's it's remarkable what he did. Um, one complaint I have, and this is because I'm an old head, even though I'm not old. It's just I think I have a little bit more of a old school approach to golf instead of the new era. I think it's criminal that he's 68th in the official world golf rankings right now.
0: Yeah, it's criminal. I saw that. I saw his that. Two, I was. it was PGA was,
1: starts are missed cut and win. Like you can't be 68. I'm sorry. Come on. It's a, it's aggressive.
0: I I completely agree. Um, I, I I think if you win, that should probably automatically put you at like a buck 50 or better. But any anything inside of that, I think, is is is, is uh, too much.
1: Granted, granted, it was a 1.5 field. For those who don't know, it goes up to 1.5 in terms of the power rankings or the power schedule. So it was a loaded field, and yeah. he far and away dominated. And you know, 30 under is going to get you. He, he, he looked. I'm not trying to bash him. It's not his fault. But OWGR, that's a conversation for another day. Is extremely flawed. Um, but. Uh, just a little bit about Nick Dunlap's historic performance. He's the first AM in 33 years to win in the PGA Tour since Phil Mickelson, um, and he's a sophomore in college, so when he celebrated, he was sipping the sparkling apple cider like everybody did as a kid on New Year's Eve, probably, wink, wink. Um, he's the only player to ever win the U.S. Junior AM, U.S. AM, and a PGA Tour event while being an amateur. I think we know one other guy, if he stayed an amateur and didn't go pro, who would have done that i won't mention his name for the ninth time in this year (laughs) um he is the first reigning us am champion to win since tiger in 96 and second youngest player to win in the last 90 years only beating or getting beat by jordan spieth by like 20 days there you go um he technically it was originally reported he had to decide by monday at midnight so tonight at midnight if he wanted to go professional or not However, um, with the new rules in PGA Tour U, it got extended to 30 days from the win. Um, So he has a little bit of time, and he kind of withdrew to kind of contemplate that. With the W, he's going to receive entry into the Masters, which he already did from PGA Tour U. And he'll be fully exempt to the PGA Tour through 2026, no matter what. However, um, he will only get exemption into signature events if he turns pro. Yeah. So that's one of the big things that he's going to be in the PGA Tour or qualify for the PGA Tour, no matter what, for two years. He'll just automatically get put in those elevated events. Um, for those who don't know, he received $0 from winning the Amex I'm sure there's
0: something on the back end. If an am does something great, he receives money. Blah blah blah. He'll get some nil deals, especially if he's if he's you know in college for whatever reason. He'll get he'll get brand deals and things like that as well. Now that he's young, yeah, he and
1: won. he already is. He's tailor made Adidas. Um, but yeah. so for everybody that won, like Bez Christian Bezaden who who finished second, he technically earned the first place money. Kind of a bad rule, but it makes sense in terms of college. That's going to change now with NIL yeah. and football. Everybody's making money. That's a conversation for another day. Um, it's also being reported that Liv is actively aggressively pursuing Nick Dunlap and its hype. So there could be a larger contract than we could ever imagine being sent out, which is kind of what they did. If you follow the whole Oklahoma State drama, um, they tried to recruit a bunch of their kids and signed a couple of them from Argentina. Um,
0: so it's another story to watch. That'd be crazy if you won at the Amex and then immediately it was like, yeah, I'm gonna live. Why not? Like that would that would just be a wild. Got the money time. before the merger. I, I get it, but like, damn, that what a, that would be such a crazy start to to win the junior Am, then win the Am, and then win your second, basically your second start on tour, and then be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to live and take the money. Which are, again, don't blame them, but like, shit. From two guys sitting
1: on their couch right now making a golf <laughs> podcast, winning a golf tournament, getting paid to do nothing sounds
0: pretty nice. that that is true. So so what are like in ter- in terms of the the benefits of staying in am versus going pro, you, you know this more than I do. Again, anybody that has any, the questions are, um, ability to talk on this subject. Jack was a college golfer. He knows a little bit of this of this realm, I guess you could say. He's got more expertise on it than like the Joe Schmo walking down the street. Because again, this is what he kind of looked into while he was playing collegiate tour or collegiate styled golf. So in, t- in in terms of staying an amateur, the benefits of that versus going pro, the benefits of that. What what are kind of the the parallels versus the uh, differences between the two.
1: Well, let me preface. I'm not Nick Dunlap.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm not getting invited to the USAM, So let me preface that. I know that it's going to come off as some type of way that I'm about to speak. Um, with that being said though, benefits of staying in AM is a lot of golfers. Like we saw with Sam Bennett at the masters, he went back and the next day he was in the cart supporting his teammates. Those are guys you spend 12 hours a day with, you're in the clubhouse, you're in practice ranges, you're eating meals with, you're flying, you're bussing. These guys, it's like your fraternity. So these guys have developed, even though he's a sophomore, they've been working out since probably his high school senior summer. You know, he's he's had this, you know, these building relationships, coaches, people coming in, people flying, and all these things, Alabama, like Justin Thomas was with them. Like, they've known each other. So he gets to play in... The college events, college natty, he gets to participate in the U.S. Am still if he wants to. Technically, it's it's kind of a weird thing. Um, some benefits include that well now he's going to have exemption to most majors if not all already. Um, but some events invite those amateurs out into partaking in those events even though they don't get paid.
0: Okay, so even if he stays an amateur, obviously he'd still get the masters because again he was the the U.S. amateur. He would still get, I think, the Open and the U.S. Open, right? He would get all three yeah. of those as, as, two, as the amateur. It's some weird thing.
1: I can't remember offhand the
0: specifics of it. I should have looked it up. It's a
1: really good question. You're, some you're, good. you're good. Some of them you have to retain your OWGR points, and if he doesn't play, he's going to lose them. Um, yeah. Some of them you have to play a specific amount of events, and some of them you win and you're in. So it's kind of a gray area, especially with everything going on. There's criteria for participating in these tournaments is changing so often. Um, Like we saw Victor Howland when he broke through on the Masters being the only AM there. You know, he's wearing the Oklahoma State and then he wore the Masters hat. It's kind of that same thing where they're getting invited to these special tournaments as AMs to participate. But with PGA Tour U, that's also a different realm. But if it's going pro, you just accomplished your lifelong dream by 20.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think with the ability to have everything go to 2026, um, I don't, you might not know the specifics of this. Cause again, with the, with the whole uh, elevated event concept, he has his, if he goes pro, he has his tour card through 2026. Does he get elevated events from now until the end of 2026? Or do we know if the elevated events are just this year specifically? It'll be through 2026. Oh, wow. Okay. Got it. Um, that's that's kind of huge. Okay. I did look and see as well. If he if he stays an amateur, he can participate in the Open this year as an amateur. As an but currently, if he decided to go pro, he doesn't technically have the qualifications to play in the Open? There's so many dumb rules. Um, <laughs> okay. Just checking to make sure you know, I had that let, math let right now. Let me just
1: preface this. <laughs> it's been 33 years since this happened. They haven't had to change the rules. They haven't even had to think about it. Yeah, But, um, I think it's one of those things that if, and again, this is coming from a place of never having this decision or never being able to question this decision. Imagine when you were 20 and someone said, you just had this whole big thing. Like the, it bothers me because you just won a huge tournament. A lot of eyes were on it. You're the main story. Tons of celebrities, tons of athletes. The world is talking about you. I think if he goes back to play at Alabama for a season, half a season, whatever the case might be, hype is gone. He's going to go back and he may never reclaim to what he was because now the competition is de-elevating or de-escalating. You're just, it's not, it's not it. Now you're encompassed in this world. If he goes professional for two years, you're granted access to PGA tour events, which you still have to pay and do all these things. It's a whole weird complex. That's what the beauty of sponsors are in some cases. But right now, you are the guy. You are the youngest Am since Jordan Spieth, you know, 90 years of history. Francis, we met. Obviously, his was a major. But all-encompassing right now, you are the guy. You should turn pro. You should hire an agent, and you should get the bag and secure your spot for two years. That's what I would do. But again,
0: I don't know. That's true. All right. So you you answered my – I was going to do one last question and then move on. Um, I was gonna be. Do you think he goes pro? And it, it seems like you and I are in the same boat. Like we think it just makes sense. If this is if playing on the PGA Tour and the end of it all is your dream, go pro. So yeah. one thing
1: that I heard that's a rumor was he wants to turn pro after the Masters. Now that was oh. that was discussed in an interview. Um, Whenever he got the Masters invite in the beginning of January, he was like the sixth or something when they sent those out that he's like he thinks it'd be a really good target date to go pro after the Masters. Um, I'm not sure if there's some amateur qualification that goes on through that. Being the top am is obviously historic and something that ams look forward to. So I don't know if that's something that him being the top am is something he really wants to do or is is on his mantle, Um, but 30 days, we'll find out.
0: We'll, we'll we'll leave it at that point because we've done a a bit of a good discu- deep discussion into it. As as more information breaks on on Nick Dunlap and and going you know pro versus things an am, I think we'll kind of continue to update it. Uh, but right now, I mean, just I guess just what big ups to the to the twenty year old, the freshly twenty year old too. He's what twenty in like seventy three days, something crazy I don't even like think that.
1: that. No, because Jordan Spieth was uh 19 years old in like 300 days and nick
0: dunlap was only a month off so i think he's freshly freshly 20 okay all right yeah well he just turned 20 then in the last like month so that makes sense then all right we will leave our nick dunlap talk there um congratulations to the kid uh love to hear it and hopefully you guys listened last week as we had some nick dunlap discussion um let's get into DraftKings lineups from last week how'd you do what are we looking at did you win a bunch of money what do we got
1: yeah, DraftKings is not my best. Um, I did fine at the end of the day. Um, Xander Shoffley obviously carried me, tied for third. Um, that was obviously nice. We had Cantley, who fell apart on me, 52nd. Uh, ben Coles, great performance, 16-under. Matthew Pavon, 17-under. Matthew Neesmith made the cut, got all four rounds at 14-under. Nick Lindheim, still 77.5 points for going three rounds and still technically missing the cut. 601.5 points won me money basically everywhere um
0: although I still somehow got crushed by you. <laughs> uh yeah, I um I had a really good week on DraftKings. I finished probably like top 150 out of about the 4500 entries um on DraftKings at least in my specific contest. Um I had I just it, it was a solid all around week. I went 6 for 6 on making the cut. Um, I had Christian Buzweeten at 7,300, who finished second place. Uh, I had two guys finished T21 in Minwoo Lee and Eric Cole. Um, I had Sungjae Im, who finished T25th. I also had Chandler Phillips, who, who shot nine under on Saturday, proceeded to make the cut on the number, and then shot eight under on Sunday and finished T25, which was ridiculous. Uh, but we love to see it because I just needed one of the two of them to play well. And uh, they both played well between Bez and, oh. and Chandler Phillips. Uh, so those two top 25s are great. And then my worst guy was Andrew Putnam at T-47. So that, that, that's a solid DraftKings lineup. I'm going to win good money regardless of, you know, what type of contest I'm in there.
1: It's ridiculous. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: um,
1: my FanDuel tremendous. We did really good, 745. No, again, points are elevated this week cuz of 3-day cut, so you got 3 days out of the guys that missed your cut. 745, we had JT and Xander both finishing third. That was huge for the program. Matthew Pavon 17 under, Cole 16 under, Cantley 15 and Nee Smith 14. Dominated in that one. Love it. Took home a bunch of money.
0: There you go. Um, yeah, Jack did beat me in FanDuel uh, by about th- 30, 40 points. I forget the specific numbers. 50, he beat 56, something like that. 56 at the end of the day? Dang, all right. I thought I caught it a little bit closer. But no, uh, Jack beat me by a little bit, but I still made money on single entries and double-ups. Um, a lot of the same names, Minwoo Lee, T21, jm, t 25 Andrew Putnam, T47. I can't let you finish T52. Uh, Brandon Wu unfortunately missed the cut. I think he was just off of the number. I think he was like minus 11. Um, so you hate to see that, but it happens. And then I had Nick Dunlap at the stone men, 7,000, who was, who was the winner? Um, again, talked about him last week. I didn't understand why he was the min price on FanDuel and 6,500 on DraftKings. I could fit him in quite easy on FanDuel and I did. And I, um, I guess you could say I lucked out because it, it, it basically carried me to a win on FanDuel.
1: Hey, right, we'd like to see it anytime we get a winner in the lineup, it's better or it's awesome. Anytime yeah. we get the stone men price, it's even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's a good chance to will not be another winner on tour in the next like two to three months. That's the stone men price. On no, we're, we're getting into the <laughs> the time to start betting the big dogs versus the field kind of it, events here. Exactly. A hundred percent. Um. All right. Let's get into the bets of last week. Let's I know not. You, well, I know neither of us had the best week of all time, uh, which is funny because we both did really well on on um, DFS. But h- how'd your best do last week? Yeah. So I had a ton of bets, came off a
1: really good week. I was cocky as hell. Um, I just kept seeing value and I kept putting it down. There was a couple losses that were bad, um, like Cantley top 20, looked really good going into Sunday morning. Uh, Scotty top 10 didn't look great, but had a chance. Um Dietrich and Adrian Dumontes. Just, just, oh, I, whatever. I can't ever say his name. That looked good <laughs> and then it didn't. Um, yeah. Sam Burns beating Minwood Lee. Good for him. I'm not going to be mad at that. Cantley and Xander, top 30. Parlay lost. I hated that. That made me so mad. Because it's 30. I gave him placement points. Yep. Um, but we did have some good wins. Eric Cole, top 40. Xander, top 20. Uh, Minwood Lee top 40. Rio Hisasune beating Tiger Samikawa. Adam Hadwin, 47th or better. Alex Noren making the cut. Justin Thomas, top 30. My made cut parlay. Kind of a cheeky winner. Taylor Montgomery, 49th or better. Even though he finished 63rd, they they counted it as a win. Um, So if you bet that same value, you won. Um, I received money on my pick. I'm putting it as a winner here. Don't feel great about it, but I just got money for it. I don't know how to talk about it. Whatever. Basically...
0: Um, we won't, we, we won't question the, uh, the betters markets mistakes. All right. If they want to you know, give us the free money on is? it, we'll take it. The
1: great thing is, is it count? I was like, what the heck? How'd that count? And then I got an email. It's like, your bets under review. And then it's like, your bet is reviewed and completed. I looked back and it was
0: still green. I was like, all right, whatever. So I yeah. won. Make it work. What was the uh? What was the end of the week? Did you you, you were down a little bit, right? Yeah, down one point
1: zero six units on the pod picks. So we're still up twenty six point two three. Nothing to complain about. Twitter picks. Ah, oh, Daniel Berger, you poo! I hate him. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually hate Daniel Berger. I just thought that at a cut line looking, I think we had called it at around 12 under or something like that yeah. after three rounds, first competitive round in a year and a half where he's not theoretically a low scorer. Uh, we put 25 units apiece on him. So when that missed, there was no coming back, even if I went perfect. So down 13.9 units on Twitter picks. So we're still up it's weird to say 30.87 units all So it's, it, you know, it's a weird thing to say.
0: Yeah. D- Daniel Berger made the cut on the number birdieing 15, 16 and 17 coming home. What Eagle was it?
1: birdie, birdie.
0: Oh, is it Eagle birdie, birdie? Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that was, a, that was a tough one. We, we felt in pretty good shape. I looked at, I had them saved on my PGA tour app. Um, And then all of a sudden I look and he's at 12 under and I'm like, that's probably going to make the cut, which would suck. Um, So, so it happens. Um, I I'll get into my bets. I had six bets last week and after Saturday I looked at Jack and I was like, in a best case scenario, I think I'm going five for six in a worst case scenario. I think I'm going three for six. I almost went two for six based on how close my bets were. Uh, But I went three for six. My loss with Patrick Cantley, top 20, um, at minus 175. I had Minwoo Lee top 40 at minus 163. That was a win. Andrew Putnam, 47th or better at minus 120. He finished 47th. They gave me the win. I'm not going to well, question it. Well,
1: 47th. Thank God. It's-
0: <laughs> yeah, they gave me the win for T47. We're not going to question it. Um, I had Alex Norton, top Swede. He finished like T26, uh, but unfortunately, Alex Bjork or Alexander Bjork, uh, finished T-13, shooting seven under on Sunday. So you hate to see that. Uh, Rio hits Asune over Taiga Semikawa, minus 175. That was a win. And then I also had the D-tree over Adrian Dumont de Chazaret at minus 225. That was a loss. Um, three for six, down 0.98 units on the week. Uh, so I'm currently at a positive 5.79 units on the year gonna happen we're gonna have weeks like this it's it's fine hey
1: listen when a 20 year old wins it's just off week for everybody
0: yeah it's a it's a little unfortunate that i did so so well on my lineups and and didn't make money on bets somehow because i feel like they correlated so much and it just didn't matter so it's yeah. kind of it's kind of funny but it happens um all right we going winners or wild picks Let's go with a little bit of wild picks. Um mine was Scotty Scheffler,
1: Xander Shoffley and Cantlay Top Ten Parlay. Um one of those hit. So I don't know if that counts for something, but um that was a loss. I mean, I I didn't even put any money on it. I honestly wrote it down and completely forgot to bet. So it's kinda okay on mine, but I mean technically I had a kind of a bet on everybody here, so
0: yeah, uh, honestly, not not the worst like wild pick you can take too, based on how those guys usually play. Weird uh, odds though, six ninety two. That is weird odds. Uh, for mine, I I remember I had Seamus Power and he withdrew, so last minute in the middle of recording last week, I changed my wild picks. Um, I took Adam Hadwin top twenty at plus two hundred and it won. <laughs> don't don't ask me why the last minute change worked so well, uh, but I think he finished what T six. Lines. So, yeah, he was right there on the uh, top of the leaderboard. So we'll, we'll take those and uh, no complaints from me. Yeah, you're not going to get a complaint about taking some green home. Yep. So now we're going to the winners. Uh, I think you had a half decent week, right? Who'd you have the Yeah, play?
1: we had Xander Shoffley, T3. We love to see it. I thought he had shot at winning, but, you know, if a guy's shooting 29 under, it's hard to get that. Um, and then I did have Kucher, who just looked like he he looked his age. He looked like he starting to wear. He missed the cut. Not happy about it.
0: Kuchar's looked really bad the last like three ish week. Eh, yeah. Couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if the age is getting to him or if he's just ready to get onto the Champions Tour, but you know, I don't know Kuchar. Figure figure it out. To go yell
1: at some caddies.
0: Yeah, yeah 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 You're still on the PGA Tour. Act like it and play like it, please. Win some extra money on the on the back end. Uh, for my winner's picks, I took Sungjae M. and Andrew Putnam. Um, they both look pretty solid most of the way through. Uh, Sungjae finished T25. Putnam finished T47. So nothing crazy. Um, I guess you take them. You know, you're not you're not running home to tell anybody about it, but it it works. It does the job. Gets it next week. If you're in one and dones, you're not completely out of there. Um, no. So it works. All right. Are we going to move on? Cause we spent a lot of time talking about our guy, Nick Dunlap. Yes, we are farmers. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, we are going to the farmer's insurance open. This is played at the Tory Pines courses. Um, just know that the South course is a par 72 totaling 7,760 yards. And then they will also play one of those first two days on the North course. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's about 500 yards shorter than the South course, but it's a lot easier. It's the same par. Um, This is a tournament that goes from Wednesday to Saturday, and it's going to avoid football. Um, So as far as getting your bets and your lineups and everything else in, make sure you get them in. Honestly, we're going to send this out Monday night, Tuesday morning, try and get it in by the end of the day, Tuesday, just so you don't run into a problem of messing it up on Wednesday morning. 10.50 10.50 Eastern official tee-off, so get it in early. Yeah, if you're going to do it Wednesday, be prepared to wake up early. Um, last year's winner was Max Homa. Uh, some of the things that you're going to want to look out for on this course. Uh, this is Torrey Pines. I know the last couple of weeks we've had winners at, like, 20-under to even 30-under. Uh, the winner of this of this tournament is probably going to win it in the realm of, like, 10-under to 16-under. That's That's a pretty reasonable number of somebody to get to under par um we're not we're not going out here and you know birdieing and eagling every hole this is this is going to be a lot more like a like a major style course like tory tory pines has hosted the, U- the u.s open before this is going to be a difficult course in terms of play couple years ago yeah just a few years ago um a couple things to look in for 200 plus yard proximity is kind of key in this tournament Um, The average par three is about 200 yards, and many of the approach shots on the par fours and par fives are going to be 200-plus yards out. So if you get somebody that's good with irons that can hit those long irons into greens, um, that's going to be a pretty pretty high priority this year, or on this course at least.
1: Yeah, to Uh, give you a better percentage of that, they broke it down over the last five years. Four par fours average 450 yards, three par threes average at 200 plus throughout the three days played and two par fives at 600 33.7% of approach shots over the last five years on fours and five were over 200
0: plus yards into the there, green. So there you go. A Third of every shot. Uh, one of the things you can also look into is driving distance. Um, it, it, it's beneficial, but it doesn't really tell the whole story um, if they have the driving distance without any of the accuracy, then it doesn't really do Brandon anything. Matthews. Yeah. If you're, if you're the Brandon Matthews of the world, then like, it doesn't really do anything. If you can hit the ball 340 yards. Um, so they need to have a little accuracy to go with it. But if you got somebody that's a long ball hitter, um, that has other aspects of their game, I think this could be a very beneficial week to use them for sure. Um, just a note of something I kind of looked at that I thought was a bit of a quirky stat, but funny to note. Uh, The winner of this tournament, each of the last 10 years, has finished top 10 at this tournament prior to them winning. The only exception was John Rahm, who actually won it on his first time out. Now, John Rahm, I think, is probably a special case because of the kind of golfer he is. Um, But it kind of gives you some note in terms of guys that haven't played in this event before, players that have never really just peaked into that top 10 previously. So... Could be an interesting factor if you're trying to determine between two guys, and one guy has that history and one guy doesn't.
1: Yeah, for sure. The only thing I want to add to that, too, is par fives are the only holes on the south course that feature under par averages. Every single par three and par four averaged at best even par. So you're going to see a lot of bogeys. Bogey avoidance is going to be a huge factor
0: this week. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I I think that bogey avoidance really kind of ties in with that 200-plus-yard uh, proximity and percentage um, for sure. All right, do we want to dig right into uh, the, dra- the DraftKings lineups and the pricing? Let's do it. Um,
1: let's loop in everybody at 10K or higher together. Maxwell defending champion Homa, Colin Morikawa, Patrick can't finish, and Xander Shoffley.
0: Oh, it's so criminal, but it's so true. Um, uh, this is going to be an interesting week. So, Xander Shoffley is the highest price at ten thousand six hundred. Um, this is a homecoming event for him. Uh, this is this is predominantly known as the the home of Xander Shoffley because he lived so close to here. At least he grew up so close to here. I think he lives in Vegas now. Um. He really struggled on this course to begin his career. Now, now, course history isn't the end all be all on this course. I think Xander Shoffley is a way different golfer now than he was, you know, two, three years ago. Um, uh, but for whatever reason, even though it's his home course, he doesn't necessarily peak here at Tory Pines. I think he's gonna be fine this week. Um, I do think there are other options you can get to though at ten thousand six hundred. I don't think you need to get up to Xander Shoffley. Um, and even though it's, quote-unquote, a hometown kind of course for him, he's not the best guy like in this range. Uh, I'm a big fan of Colin Morikawa this week at 10,200. He ranks second in strokes gained T to green um, over the last 50 rounds. He ranks first in approach and has, and has finished sixth or, or better in four of his last five starts. So the guy's on a heater, plays well here, and has majority of the metrics that you're looking for on a style on a course of the style in Tory Pines. So Morikawa is kind of the big guy that stands out to me.
1: Yeah. For me, it's the guy just kind of dogged on Xander Shoffley is for me. Number one by a mile. Now last three years, T13, T34 and a runner up finish. So he has improved from year to year and has looked really good over the course. Um, there's only six players that rank in the top 50 of all major distance metrics, which is scoring on par fours, 450 plus, par fives, 550 plus, and proximity from 200 plus. Xander Shawfley leads that whole category over Sung JM, Luke List, Taylor Pendrith, and a couple other guys. He also ranked in the top 10 putters on Poa Greens, and he's um, one of the nine players that ranked above average. Now, when I say above average, it's above tour average. Get that out of your head. Um, in season form, comp course history and distance measurements. So although that obviously this is still adjustment toward everything comparatively, 10,600, isn't the craziest price for a number one guy. And I think we can target that. Um, cause I mean, what was Scotty last week? 12 K.
0: Um, yeah, I think, I think eleven nine twelve K. He was, he was up there. He was right around 12 K. I couldn't give yeah. you a specific number. I, again, I think it's a val- it's it's a valid argument if you want to go to Xander. I think I think Morikawa is just kind of the uh, the Xander light version this week. And again, four hundred dollars cheaper. It doesn't sound like a ton. And diet Xander. That, yeah, Diet Xander. That's a great way to describe it. Um, but again, the four hundred dollars saved, I think, is extremely useful for for getting somebody else down down the road that may also additionally help out. Um, I, I don't hate going to HOMA this week. He's not exactly in peak, peak form. Um, I think he's going to be okay in this style of a tournament. I think he'll probably make a cut. I don't think it's the flashy pick. Um, I think it's kind of the the vanilla, boring, you know, T20, T30 pick.
1: Uh, it's a boring pick, but his last four starts are
0: 14-13, and 7 So he's doing something right. I don't know. Call 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 it a hunch, but I uh, I just I, something about Homa in this in this tournament and in this field, fourth highest price, he seems high. I just like a lot of the guys underneath him just as much. And they again cheaper price tag. So
1: Yeah, I I think I think Max is gonna do fine. I don't think he's gonna defend his title. Um I, I think if that's what you're going for in terms of performance, I don't think he's gonna match what he did. I think there's probably no question we're going to see him top 30 come Sunday afternoon. I don't think that's really a question. Um, Obviously, with comp, I mean, last year he missed the cut, so anything can happen. But he is uh, number one on POA greens and he ranks um, in the top eight, like I said, at that tour average in driving distance strokes gained off the tee and scrambling, which is going to be a big factor on those par fours. Um, So I think if worse comes, I think he's probably going to finish right around that top 30 mark. But I definitely agree that he may not be on the leaderboard come Sunday.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I think Cantley's fine, but I think you and I both have a little bit of scarring from last week based on how he, how he closed out the week. So I think you and I probably are just personally avoiding him. Bold prediction. Loses in a playoff to Xander Shoffley. Bold prediction. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, it'd be funny. Uh, I'd be here for it. So do you want to rank those four guys quickly? I think it's for me,
1: Xander, Colin, Cantley, Homa. Um Holman Cantley are pretty interchangeable in my mind. I think Cantley is just really pissed off at himself. I think something went wrong. Bad night of sleep, headache, whatever the heck. Ha- you know, life happens. We've all been there, trust me. I think he's looking to get back cuz a lot of people were talking crap about him. Um I think this is a good place to get him back on track cuz everybody thinks he's a he's a short hitter. That dude can bomb it with ease and he's just one of the best short game players this game has ever seen. So I think he's definitely going to be in contention come Sunday.
0: Yeah, I, I I get it. Um, Again, I still have some personal scarring from Cantlay. So I think my list will go Morikawa, Xander, Homa, Cantlay. Yeah, but, I'm not mad at it. But I get it. Um, All right, into the 9K range we go. We're starting with Sungjae J M up top at 9,900, all the way down to Eric Cole at 9,000. Yeah, so this is a really good category. Um, Sung J.M., welcome back
1: to golf betting high value. (laughs) Last year, man, this guy was almost $2,000 cheaper. It was really weird to see. Now, granted, it still finished 25th at the Amex, but, I mean, bad round four, it happens. He's still shot under par for Pete's sake, but he's looked good. He is one of the six players, like I said about Xander, finishing the top 50 of all those metrics. Um, He's actually number two. He's the runner up there. So I think it looks really, really good. Um, and he also plays really well on Poa Greens. He's not one of the best putters in the world necessarily, uh, but his scrambling numbers are off the chart. Four for four on cuts, including a top 10, two top 15. So I think he's definitely going to be there. I think Sung Jae is really good, but 9,900 is a little bit steep in terms of a DFS price for me on this one
0: yeah, I agree. um i'm I'm a big fan fan of song jm this week too. Um, as far as finishes, his last t- five times out here, he's got t four, t six, t thirty two, t thirty six, t fifty two. um, that's going t four was last year, and then just kind of going back. So he's consistently improved on his finishes. So if he's gonna do better than t four this year, he doesn't have that many spots to go up. Um, so I think he's got a good opportunity to to probably not beat that, but at least contend for it. Um, so I'm high on him. I'm also going to talk about Tony Finau, um at 9,300. He's got top 25 finishes and eight of his nine starts here at Torrey Pines, with half of those resulting in T6 or better outcomes, which is crazy because the guy is basically a top 30 lock. Then uh, That means that this course, based on that statistic alone, uh, which you love to see at 9,300. I mean, again, if he's your second, maybe third guy somehow on this board, um, I don't know how I'd be your third guy, but if he is, it's crazy. Um, then you got a really good opportunity for some high upside there with Tony Finau. Um, I'll also talk about Minwoo Lee. Yep. He's, number, he's number one in the field in driving distance, putting, and around the greens based on his last 12 rounds. Um, so, again, it's a small sample size, but you're looking at somebody that recent form uh, has really come on strong. Again, the driving distance is going to be huge this week. The putting, especially on polo greens, is going, be, is going to be important. And these are not big greens, so around the green play is never going to be something that I complain about. Um, his approach play is not on the same elite level, um, but that's not really as an important of a stat if you're number one in the field in driving distance, because it just means you got shorter irons anyways. Um, so I do, I am a big fan of Minwoo Lee. Again, last week he finished T21, and he made what half a dozen mistakes. So oh my the, gosh, yeah. So so he had the opportunity to finish even better. He probably could have been top ten, maybe top seven, uh, if he just didn't make some of those mistakes. So I'm all I'm yeah. all about Vin Willie.
1: I mean, he made one of those doubles where he was just trying to do a hero shot and it just steamrolled. Um he's one of the guys that I really like. He's actually one of the eight players in the field that are above tour average in driving distance strokes gained off the tee scrambling short game strokes gained and strokes gained putting on poa greens he's only behind cantlay homa and ludwig aberg over for those purists um, <laughs> so top four in the field in all those categories the only one he didn't qualify in in terms of proximity and 200 plus so yep. It's just he looks like a solid player all around, 9,100. You get a big discount from Sung J M, in my opinion, in terms of DFS.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting because this 9K range is kind of the like course history grouping I've noticed. Because you have Sung J M, who's played well in this course for years, Tony Finau, who's played well here for years. You also have Jason Day at 9,500. Um, he's got 14 career starts here. Um, He's got two victories, one in 2015, one in 2018. He also has a runner-up, a third-place finish, and a total of seven top tens. So that puts you at, what, nine, ten total uh, finishes up there, which is crazy in his 14 career starts. Uh, this is another one that's kind of a hometown type of course for Jason Day. Um, Jason Day had that streak of really good golf and then really bad golf, and now he's, again, better. Um, but regardless of how he was playing, outside of this tournament whenever he came here to tory pines he seemed to have found his game so i am i am happy if you can fit him into your lineup at 9,500. you ready for a hot take liam sure fade eric cole oh i like it he doesn't so, have the
1: driving distance doesn't have the driving distance and it is two appearances here playing in Torrey Pines. One was the U.S. Open, and one was last year at this event. He finished outside the top 100 both times. So it, it, I don't know if it's something with driving distance. I don't know if it's something with proximity 200-plus, because a short game's not the issue. Now, no. granted, two years ago, he wasn't the player he is today. But, I, you know, some courses have our number. I have had I have those courses um, back home, McRae. That course has my number every time I play it. I don't know if it just doesn't fit my eye or something like that. I think there's just some courses that even tour guys have. I don't know, man. I think I'm willing to spend the extra hundred dollars on Min Wu Lee. And then drop down to AK for my third guy.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, again, Eric Cole, mostly something I'm, I'm on board of. I think this week, you, if you get to him or if, if you want to go to him, I understand. I don't think he's going to be as popular as he normally is. Um, uh, but I think that's also because, again, the the metrics kind of show you that this is probably not the perfect course for him. Um, so I'm okay avoiding him as well. Uh, Ludwig Auberg, he fits the metrics well. But, again, you just you, it depends on what Ludwig you're going to get. You, are you going to get top five Ludwig or are you going to get top 50 Ludwig? You don't know. Eh, still making a cut. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's just, I think, better better upside in terms of consistencies. Yeah. Um, All right, into the 8K range we go. We're going to start with Keegan Bradley at 8,900 all the way down to Christian Biswieden Let me
1: start off with an even hotter take. I don't know how I can get hotter than Eric Cole, maybe Fade, but how about get Sep Straka in your lineup? Mm. Now, two weeks ago, I said get Sep Straka the hell out of your lineup, or whatever a couple weeks ago it was. Guy's on fire. Last four finishes, including the World Tour, are 12th, runner-up, 22 and 10. But let me hit you with a couple stats on Sepp Straka that is going to blow your mind in terms of why you should get him in. So since 2019, here at Torrey Pines, he has three finishes at T32 or better. In the comp courses, his last two events are T7 at Oak Hill, T16 at Riviera. He's gained on approach of 150-plus in nine of his last 10 rounds. He's 27th across the globe, not just PGA Tour, in Poa Greens in the last 36 rounds. And he's a sneaky long driver. I mean, that guy doesn't give enough credit for how he can boom the ball. So at $8,600, I mean, this guy is on a monster tear. And I really like coming into it with form and just all the stats I took a look at here.
0: Yeah, Stra- Straka makes for an interesting play this week. Again, you get the boom bust of Straka, um, but this is the kind of course that I, that you could definitely see a boom on. Um, I think Justin Rose could be interesting here. A um, little more old man golf. Again, not really known for the distance, but he fits so many of the other metrics so well outside of driving distance. Um, he's also finished T18, T6, uh, didn't play, I think, in 2020, missed the cut, and then was was first. Um, so he's, he's got some good history here as well. And the 8,300, I don't hate that. I also don't hate if you just kind of skip most of this 8k range. Um, I think if you, if you don't want to go with Rose or Straka, I'm, I'm comfortable avoiding it. I mean, again, you have, you have major landmines you've got to avoid here. Daniel Berger, what are we getting the second week here now? Like, is he, is he going to feel, you know, revitalized to want to go play another 72 holes after he just did that, you know? 72 hours ago, uh, wills Torres He made a cut. That's great. But like, he's now played what four of the last five weeks. Let me give you his last five events here at Torrey
1: pines. Ready? Outside of a hundred runner up outside of a <laughs> Seventh. outside of a hundred. If, if the pattern holds where every other event, he's at a top 10, you got some big odds. You can lock in here, but what the heck are we doing? If you bet that,
0: I, I think if you were in a, a a single entry, you know, first place wins all of the money, shooting for the stars, I don't blame you going for Wills Alatorre's, but God, you got to have steel underpants in order to do that one. I mean, you got to, you got to basically lock it in and just turn a blind eye for the next you know NBA where it depends hour. for 70. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, you just got to turn around and never look at it until it starts. Um, I'll quickly talk this is Hoygaard's first tournament of the year. Um, I generally just don't go towards guys on first tournaments of the year in in most instances. I think he's got a decent chance here. He doesn't completely, you know, go against this course, but again, I think personally I'm just going to see how he does first. Um, Tagala kind of a home style course for him, but again, he's played up and down here as well. Um, I think that if you want to go Tagala just just go Zal Taurus and stick with a $700 cheaper. You'll basically get a a similar golfer. Um, Yeah.
1: I think Boyard's going to have a great week. Um, He's really outpriced in my opinion. Um, He, at the end of last year, he had a solo second at the Ned bank challenge where he gained 3.31 strokes in the field. And he had a first at the DP world tour. Um, his last two events in 2024, he's finished 25th and seventh in loaded fields, loaded fields that Tommy Fleetwood and Rory McIlroy finished um, with the wins. Now he's never played at um, Tory Pines, but his two main strengths in his golf game are driving distance and putting strokes gained. So I think which those two metrics are crucial at Tory Pines. Um, I could see sneaking him in, um, in a lineup or maybe a bet down the line.
0: I, I get it, but again, I I think that Hoygaard has played great on World Tour events, and I just haven't fully seen it on the PGA Tour yet from him. I hope he I hope he comes through first. Hey, better, we bet he we great. we profited a ton off him last year. We did, but those were top forty bets. I mean, that's you know we're we're putting top forties on, and we're we're going you know low risk in terms of just making him basically break top forties as opposed to you know I top twenties or wins. I'm sure sure they're probably plus odds, like plus 120 or something like that. Yeah, right around there.
1: Um, And then the last guy I'll talk about really quickly, first of all, Adrian Bronk, although he has the DP World Tour basically at his twiddle thumb. um, Mm -hmm. Here at Torrey Pines, he's finished outside 100 every single time. Um, Hideki Matsuyama is a sneaky pick, in my opinion. He's got a little bit caution. Don't get me wrong. I could see the downside to Hideki Matsuyama, um, but his last, it, the last time he finished outside the top 55 here was in 2016. So you got a long-standing history, a couple top tens, um, a third-place finish here. Um, his average finish, or excuse me, his strokes gained total from 2016 on has been 50.5, only being beat by Tony Finau. So it, there it, it looks really good. He's played 34 rounds here with an average finish of 34.6, including the outside the 100th place finish. So
0: easy enough. All right. Um, on to the next, we're going to get into the 7K range. Uh, we're starting up top with Shane Lowry all the way down. Gosh, is a deep range. Uh, all the way down to Sam Stevens at 7,000. Yeah, uh, Luke
1: List, number one on
0: my target at
1: 7,800. Not a great finish at the Sony, even though he still was way under par. Um, shot 276. But he at least looked really, really good on non-resort courses. Torrey Pines still a little bit, if you really dwell the, the title of resort down. Um, still destination maybe a better word of saying it. That guy bombs the frickin' ball. I mean, he he's one of the nine players in the field that above tour average in season form, comp course history, um, comp course conditions, and all of the distance measures. And all the seven stats that have been compiled over the last decade in terms of winners have been adjusted. He actually ranks number three in the field in all adjusted stats. He is looking really good on form. His worst finish of the year is at the Sony, which was 66th. Um, I really, really like it at 7,800. I'm willing to take a huge gamble on it this week.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of his as well. Um, I again I'm 12, I have twelve I have it on here. Twelfth in stroke game, T green, struggles with a putter, does best in terms of POA, uh, as far as putting surfaces go. I that that's all I wrote on him. Because I was like, I was like, yeah, that's good. Uh, like for those who that, don't know about POA greens, know. the reason why a lot of
1: non-traditional great putters don't perform well, POA is traditionally bumpy. So it's imperfect, it doesn't roll as well. So you might see a lot of times not-so-great putters
0: perform well because it's less precise. It's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, we do have a couple of long ball hitters here on the top of the 7K range. We have Keith Mitchell at 7,900 the and Stephen Steven Yeager at 7,800. Uh, both these guys hit the ball a country mile, um, so you think that they would fit well for this course. Uh, Keith Mitchell has a T63 here and four missed cuts in his five starts, so uh, <laughs> we love that for the GOAT. Uh, meanwhile, Steven Yeager is actually a pretty va- like valid option. If you wanted to go that route, um, he fits a lot of, a lot of the metrics you're looking for. He has a driving distance. He's got pretty much tour average approach, and then he's a pretty good putter as well. Um, which again, on POA is always a bit of a hit and miss, but I'm willing to take the chance on this one. Um, so I think Steven Yeager is a, is a valid option. There's a few other guys I want to talk to. Um, Sam Stevens at 7,000. He plays best on long courses. Um, you'll notice if you look at his course history, if you take out like RBC Heritage and some of these faluki shorter courses, Sony, things like that, he just plays so much better than you realize. Um, he's eighth in the field in strokes gained around the green, 34th in driving distance, and 18th in proximity from 200 plus yards. So he basically fits all the metrics that you're looking for on this course. Um, so that's really all you need in terms of that. Let me see. I want to say there was somebody else. There's, there's Rio hits a 7,500. I assume we're going back to until him, it right? fails. Yep. bet until it fails. There you go. That's the route. Um, I wanted to say, say Matthew Pavan, my Frenchman 7,100. Well, if you I don't know if you noticed I I changed it so I'm no longer taking
1: ah, on
0: for you. <laughs> Matthew
1: Pavon, um another guy talked about 2 weeks ago where they're getting into Sony. Um he's just been on a freaking tear and every time I say I'm going to bet him, I never do and he performs above everything he was bet for. This week I am jumping on the bandwagon train. I finally made it there at 7100. That price is too good to pass up. So um guy's a monster.
0: Yeah. Um I again I changed it up so I didn't have Matthew Vaughn because Jack had him. Uh I'm gonna do Austin Eckroat. So he's the same he's the same price there, post seventy one hundred. Um Austin Eckroat finished top twenty five in three of his last four starts, including last week. Uh basically the one thing that that Eckroat excels at uh from last season was driving, where he ranked thirty four in strokes gained off the tee and seventeenth in total driving. So I'm I'm cool with that. Again, driving distance, driving accuracy. Um, we love to see that in a turn in a tournament where you got to drive the ball for seventy seven hundred yards. So
1: yeah, one thing that's scary about Ekroth is both times he's played here, he's missed the cut wildly. But yeah. I do think he's not the same player as he was when he started playing out here. So I think that it's actually a reasonable price for him this week.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that the the challenge is, is that once you get into this like seventy three hundred and below. You're going to start to get guys that don't have the course history um, or haven't played here before or anything like that. And I think the question is just going to be, where do you want to take the chance? I think Road is probably one of those guys that's, you know, an option. If you want to go Pavan, I don't blame you. Uh, ben Coles has kind of been playing out of his ass the last few weeks. So if you want to go to him, he's at 7,000. Um, I talked about Sam Stevens as well. He fits this course a lot. So there, there's a few guys in here at 7K, 7,100 that you can take. It's really just a question of what makes the most sense in your lineup and kind of what price point do you need. What needle and what haystack are you finding? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's really where where it comes down to at that point. So yeah. anybody else here in the 7K range that that stood out to you? Uh, not necessarily. I mean,
1: I could talk about how um, Taylor Pendrith fits the mold for a lot of statistics here in this event. Talk about how Billy Horschel has always performed relatively well here. Aaron Rye's got two made cuts and two starts, but nothing that would warrant a spiel.
0: Yeah, Ben Griffin's been playing out of his mind the last couple weeks, which is interesting. Uh, Nick Dunlap's out, so get him out of your lineups. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, hey, we're getting close to Sam Ryder season, by the way. You know, Give it a couple weeks, and we'll be right back in that boat. I don't Jack want to see I, that highlight ever again. Yeah, Jack and I shrug because we know in a couple weeks, you will start seeing the hole-in-one. Um, all right, into the 6K range we go. We're starting with Vincent Norman up top, and we got a deep range all the way down to oh, – uh, Ending uh, in Michael Block or something. Uh, he's down there. Yeah, 6K. I don't know who M. Bird is. Marcus? Matthew? Marcus. There we go. I Marcus this- Bird, legend. Well, I know there's two different M birds and all I had it was M birds. So I was like is it Marcus or Matthew? So, so let me start off.
1: Stewart's Inc., "Baby." Ooh. My guy, I talk about it. Every time I mention, I have to say he's one of my favorite players of all time. He was always really nice to me, but let me tell you. His last three starts, 24, 44 and 7. He actually ranks number 6 all time in strokes gained at Torrey Pines. All time. That's really good um funny enough number 1 also in this category is Brant Snedeker all yeah, time it's really interesting to think about um but uh he or excuse me I didn't mean to say all time I meant to say in the field all time yeah. the players yeah, yeah. The field but um Stuart Sink in his last two starts here has finished and made inside the cut 57 and 55 and has a top 20 performance here um he always gains strokes he looks really really good um, he hits it surprisingly well for his age, kind of like Podrag Harrington, where you see him bombing out there and defy everything. What I think really separates him in the field is going to be short game this week. If he can make those clutch saves on those long par fours and long par threes, I think he'll make the cut. Um, and it, again, my kind of range is 7,500 and below. If you just make the cut, I'm happy. And I think at 6,900, he is a really good shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, Stewie Stewie's never going to be a complaint for me whenever he gets brought up. I think I think it's a it's it's a valuable option. Um, again, I think the upside is probably capped, um, but I think made cuts are probably higher out of Stewie than a majority of the guys. Well, in yeah, this I'm field. not I'm not saying win. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at like t35 to about t65. You're looking in that kind of a range. Just I'd be happy. She goes. Yeah, you'd be thrilled. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention him cause he did so well for me last week on the back end of the week. Chandler Phillips is 6,500. Um, he's an option to go to this week. I don't hate it. If you want to do it. Um, he's just not the biggest driving distance guy, um, on the planet. So I think that might hurt him a little bit. Um, but again, as far as 6,500 goes, a lot of those guys in that range, I'm not really a fan of. Um, and he's one of those guys that I think stands a pretty good chance. Um, Jack kind of like this guy, but he hasn't mentioned him yet. So I'll I'll call it out. Alejandro Toasty.
1: Oh, they, I, I you can't see my screen, but I'm ready if I talk about him.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. You might have these same stats. So he's 23rd in strokes gained off the tee, um, top 50 in driving distance, top 40 on approach from 200 plus yards. It's ugly. Like that's all he's good at in terms of off tour. Like he's only good at off the tee, driving distance, and 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 approach. But it really fits everything you need on this course. Like it, However,
1: it, hey, 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 don't forget, he's one of the eight players that have all the measurements that you said with an above tour average, strokes gain, short game, and strokes gain on POA. So he, he has the putting stats, too. Yep. The okay, because he's, not, he's not a
0: good putter normally. But if no. he's good on POA, that makes sense. Okay.
1: So the top three, so there's eight players that rank on that above average. So the top three won't be shocking, but the bottom five will. So okay. it's Cantlay, Homa, and Aberg. Then Minwoo Lee,
0: Eric Barnes,
1: S.H. Kim, Bo Hostler, and Alejandro Toasty.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I, I got Toasty a different way than, than you got to Toasty, but I laughed at it at the end of the day. We both got to him. Uh, but yeah, 6,600. I think he's probably the. Outside of maybe like a Stuart sinker or any of those guys in the 6,900, I think he's kind of the gem down there at 6,600 personally. Would you agree? Yeah. I would say, I
1: mean, hey, listen, if you're looking for course statistics, Grant Staneker is technically 6,200, but yeah. he hasn't finished inside the top 50 in a tournament in like four months, six months, something like that. Um, he's more likely to finish outside the top 100. Even though he's in the field, the number one strokes gain, his average finish is like
0: 30. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's weird. I think there's a couple other guys in here too, like Nate Lashley, Chris Goddard up. The guys are gonna be like, oh, the driving distance, let's go to them. But like neither of those guys have played all that great recently either. Um Adrian DeMonte Chazarett at 6400 If you want to play with that fire, I, I good good luck, go for it, have fun. But again, I think there's more guys with better upside. Um Callum Terran, same concept. You want to play with that fire? I think there's better guys with more upside. So I, th- I think I think we, we've done a little bit of a dive. But, again, let's not kid ourselves. It, it's toasty and everybody else.
1: Yeah, I have two comments left. Um, number one, uh, for anybody that's thinking that we, you know, kind of walked over some of the guys down here, just for reference, Um Michael Block has the worst statistics ever recorded here at Tory Pines. He averages minus 4.3 shots around on average, and his career at Tory Pines is minus 34.4 strokes gained. Um, he is genuinely the worst performer, even though we're part of the Michael Block fan club. Yep. Um, another guy that's really interesting to see down here is, um, K. H. Lee has never finished inside the top 100 in this event, too, and he's high-priced. So, a couple guys there that you might want to not look out for.
0: Um. All right. Well, we we've ran this episode already qu- quite a ways. Um. So let's quickly run into DraftKings lineups. What are we looking at, Jack? As far as your lineup goes. Xander Shawfley, ten thousand six hundred.
1: Sep Straka, eighty six hundred. Nikolai Hoyard, eighty four hundred. Luke List, seventeen hundred. Rio Hisasune 7,500, Matthew Pavon 7,100.
0: Yeah, you you have a quite a balanced DraftKings lineup, uh, which I'm quite jealous of. I I went a completely opposite range. Um, Colin Morikawa 10,200, Tony Finau 9,300, Minbu Lee 9,100, Luke List 7,800, Sam Stevens 7,000, Alejandro Tosti, 6,600. So yeah,
1: and then I'll quickly jump into my Fanduel. Xander Shoffley twelve thousand. I bit the bullet. Minwoo Lee ten thousand nine hundred. Sebstraca ninety eight hundred. Luklis ninety five hundred. Rio Hisasuna eighty nine hundred. And Matthew Pavon eighty five hundred. I'm basically going broke for my
0: guys. There you go. Uh, for Fanduel, I'm going Colin Morikawa eleven thousand eight hundred. Sung J M eleven thousand one hundred. Minwoo Lee ten thousand nine hundred. Luke List 9500, Austin Eckroat 8300, and Sam Stevens 8100. I like so. it. You're banking on Sam Stevens. Uh, I am, yeah. As far as as far as bottom of lineups go, um, again, I I'm kind of relying on him, but this is the kind of this is the kind of tournament that he should do well on.
1: I like it. Well, why don't you go ahead and quickly run me through your bets for the week?
0: Yeah, I uh, again struggled with six. I'm I'm getting closer back towards that three range just because I think that I. Uh, was probably overthinking it a little bit, getting a little too confident, so we needed a, a humbling experience to bring me back down. Uh, so I'm going to start, first of all, Tony Finau, top 30 at minus 120. My second bet is going to be Minwoo Lee, top 40 at minus 160. Um, I have Sungjae Im as the top Korean at minus 160 over KH Lee and SH Kim. Again, you talked be about KH like yeah, again, you talked about KH3 never finishing inside top 100. So I basically got Sung M minus 160 over SH Kim. One guy has finished top 10 here like three of the last five years. The other guy is, I think, maybe played here once. Couldn't tell you SH Kim's finishes. Can tell you they haven't been as good as Sung is. I have
1: one SH Kim stat. Um... I did write it down, but he's one of the eight players that rank above average in driving distance, strokes gained off the tee, scrambling, and putting on POA. Um, But I'm still on the team. Sung (laughs) JM.
0: One of them is a top 20 golfer on tour. The other one's SH Kim. So that's, that's all I'll say there. I'm okay with it at minus 160. If that's the one I lose, it's the one I lose. Um, My last bet is Jason Day, 32nd or better at minus 120. Um, Again, guy has basically 10 top 10 finishes in his 14 career starts. So I gave myself an extra 22 spots, and I basically got it at almost even money.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, while you were talking about the Sung Jae bet, I must have missed it. Um, I just went through (laughs) and bet that. So I appreciate you informing me of that wonderful
0: odds. I've got you. It's what I'm here for.
1: Absolutely. Um, And then my bets, I have, well, 12 now, and then probably more in the future, but 11 podcast bets. Um, Possibly my favorite play of the entire day, Sepp Straka to make the cut is minus 200. It's already been bet to minus 250 um, on some books, but minus 200 is what I locked it in at. It is beautiful. Let me tell you. Xander Shoffley, top 20, minus 160. I'd be comfortable betting it top 10. Uh, but I'm in the business of playing safe and making money. I, I understand everybody wants to be aggressive and try to make the maximum, but I'm in the business of taking green and walking away. Um, Sepstraka, top 40 is minus 105. However, um, oh yes, top 40 minus 105. That's what I got. I really like it. Um, you could, I think his I think his um finishes was like 42nd or better, or something like that at the end. I went top 40. Um, Luke list top forty at plus one ten, uh, but I'm actually changing that. Sorry to make everybody go through. Think about this. This is the beauty of sports book and the people that research it. His top forty odds, get this right, are plus one ten. Fifty yep. third or better is minus one twenty. Yeah. So I'm going fifty third or better
0: well, at minus already- one twenty. You have that one also listed in there, by the way. Oh, Far, and
1: wonderful. Down. Yep. Done <laughs> so there. All
0: you, right. You've you got it twice now. You feel that confident on it. I feel that confident. Two
1: units now. Um, Min Lee, top 40, minus 160. Squad right there. Max Holm, top 20, minus 138. I think that's going to be a little bit more sweat. I don't think he's winning it, but I think he'll be on there. Sung J M, top 40 is minus 180.
0: That's, Rio cra- is- that's crazy yeah. that Sung J's top Korean odds is better than his top 40 odds. It's that's, so, that's so dumb. Oh, that's great. We love sports, folks, guys. Oh, my gosh.
1: And It's a top 40. You know, that guy last year at this time was not anywhere near that. Um, I liked it. Uh, Rio Hisasune top 40 plus 150. I'm riding his wave until it fails me. It's yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of an aggressive, but I think he can do it. Like I said, Luke List, 53rd or better, minus 120. And then two final make-the-cuts. Hideki Matsuyama to make the cut, minus 188. As long as that guy plays four rounds, or, excuse me, doesn't get injured um, prior to Friday morning, I think he's going to make the cut. And then Justin Rose to make the cut, minus 188. He's a dog. So I like those. That's, I think, now 10 bets, if I remember correctly. No, 11. Well, if Not you 10.
0: include if you include the top Korean for Sung Jae, I don't know what that makes it. but That'll be on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, all right, let's go into winners picks and wild and wildcard picks. What do you uh, which one are you thinking first? Let's go
1: winners. Let's go winners.
0: Okay. Sounds good. You wanna go first?
1: Yeah, I, I went back to back on Xander.
0: Oh, we're going back to back.
1: It, yeah, so back back. my PGA tour fantasy has already seen Xander Schauffele a lot this year. I think this is a really good spot for him, just being
0: so consistent all around. And then I do have Seb Straka. I, I don't blame you. Um, again, I think Seb, Sebby, you know. just There's not is many spots down the line. Maybe
1: John Deere again.
0: Well, and that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking, is I think Seph's going to show up to some sort of a weak field and crush it. Seb and KH Lee. Oh, yeah, let's go. No, nah, Seb will show up to like. I don't know, Barracuda or Mexico Open or something like that. And that, and that's probably when I'll throw them in. But, again, I, I don't hate them this week, especially because this is the kind of course that could fit them. Um, I have a similar style guy that's that's one of my winners. Um, I took Jason Day and then Luke List as my two winner's picks. Luke. Luke. I think this is the week to use Luke List, if you're going to use him any week. Like, I think he just fits so well on this course. True. So... All right, in the wildcard picks, it looks like you got two of them. I do. I
1: have Stewart Sink top 40 at plus 200. Like I said, I'm hoping for a make-cut, but if he does, I think he has an opportunity to finish 39th and a half, which I'm going for. Um, And then Alejandro Tosti top 40 is plus 280. Guy's a bomber. So as long as he can keep it in the fairway and the green, I think he has a good chance at top 40.
0: There you go. Hey, I'm happy if Toasty gets top 40 and you win that because that, mean, that means my lineup did pretty good, too. <laughs> exactly. Big thinking. Um, all right. For my wildcard pick, uh, this one is probably just going to be entirely dependent on how the rest of my lineup goes. Uh, but I took Sam Stevens' top 40 at plus 200. Um, I liked him so much I had him in lineups that I figured, hey, I might as well throw you know, throw the wildcard pick on him as well because the odds were so nice. Um, so that's the route I'm going. Yeah,
1: last thing I'll say, um, in Tiger Woods news, it's looking like he's going to be tailor-made golf apparel for anybody that's living under a rock. New patent Sunday red with the Tiger logo. And he currently, as of two minutes ago, was spotted at a tailor-made photo shoot wearing non-Nike
0: clothing. Yeah, I mean, good for Tiger. Good for Tiger. I hope Taylor made gives him all the, the, the clothes in the world and gets the billion-dollar contract and everything else. Um, so we so we will see on that one. Um, all right, we will leave you guys there. I know this was a bit of a long pod, but we kind of got into some of the deep information there on Nick Dunlap and you know the, the amateur overview and what we're gonna look at here for the next month. Um, I thought it was quite insightful personally. Hopefully you guys did as well listening. Um, happy betting out there. We'll see you next week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am. Let's do it. Shout out Tom Hoagie. Oh, yeah. Doses.